This is Victory House. Michael's Conference 2020. For your glory. I'm very proud to be associated with this church. While many people like to preach in big, big churches, I prefer preaching in small, small churches because the small churches need more help than the big ones. It takes a great heart to be involved in a small church. It doesn't take a great heart to be involved in something big already. And all over the world, I have had the privilege of working with um, people who in their early stages struggled quite through a number of things job chapter 8 verse 7 says though your beginning was small your latter end should people misquoted by saying shall shall simply means is guaranteed should means you must do certain thing before it works out should in other words if you do it right get it right it should greatly enlarged. So let me congratulate you. This is the third Michael's conference. <laughs> the first one was uh, in some corner shop somewhere there. The second one was in a small facility just attached to this building and God has made it possible for us to be here. And I believe this morning when I woke up and I was praying the spirit trying to get the direction along which I'll be speaking. You know, I had so many things in my mind that were running through. But what I always want is to bring a word in season. The word of, the word of God says in Proverbs 25, 11, as an apple of gold eats in the picture of silver, it stands out. So is a word that is fitly spoken. The Lord has given me the talk of the learned, Isaiah 54, that I may speak a word in season to him that is weary. Morning after morning, they make my ear to hear as the learned. You see, many times it's not what you read of God's word that matters, but what you hear. Isaiah 30, 21 says, you hear. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Blessed are your eyes for they see. So I waited upon the Lord and I believe that he directed me to something I ministered on so many years ago when we were moving, I mean, we were preparing to move into our facility then, which is a 7,000-seater fully air-conditioned facility in Ilori. We were going to move into the building. That was in 2003. And um, I looked for something that God will help us with because we are putting the building in shape and it was becoming challenging. It was becoming tough. And the Lord gave me that word. And I believe if the Lord, the word of the Lord worked for us, because after that word, everything picked up. And in just a few months, we did what we could not do in several years before then. So I believe this is a quickened word. Proverbs 25 says, 25, 25 said, uh, as cold water is to a thirsty soul, so is good news. For a faraway country. When you hear from heaven, 
you are hearing from a faraway country. So let us open our Bibles to the book of Luke. Let me salute Apostle over the King's Word uh, brand. I always like to hear him speak, but you people deprived me by saying I should come by 8 o'clock. I would have wanted to hear him speak from the beginning. You know, his own style is a little bit New Testament. Our own is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. <laughs> so, you probably will be able to... Now, let's open our Bibles to Luke's Gospel 14. And I'm reading from verse 25 to verse 30. And there went great multitude with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife and children and brother, brethren and sister, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not he bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower, seated not down first and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish all that of that behold it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish by the grace of god i'll be speaking on the subject let this be your greatest achievement let this be your greatest achievement let us pray father god we want to thank you for the entrance of your word, give it light and give it understanding to the simple. We thank you for your word, doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. Our prayer tonight is that your word will distill upon us like the dews upon the herbs. Your spirit and your word will have a free course among us. And that the lessons you want us to inculcate and internalize, we shall do easily. And profoundly and it will affect the way we walk henceforth wherever we find ourselves or in whatever we find ourselves doing take the glory and praise thank you father in jesus name i pray let this be your greatest achievement when i gave my life to christ about 40 years ago one of the things that people told me was that it was not going to last. That I was not going to be able to continue as a Christian. That my being born again was a flash in the pan. This was because of the things I've been involved in and the kind of life I was living. So nobody really expected me as it were. To be able to stay till now, in fact, for some of them, being a Christian till now is like a great disappointment. Many of them have since joined. 
But in the early days, they contested the fact that I could be born again and remain saved. And for a while, their resistance to my salvation never meant anything really. I, I just smiled whenever they said those things they said. But after a while, it started bothering me. Now, what is the assurance that I have that I was going to stay as a Christian till the end? And I started searching the word of God for answers. Job 29, 16 says, The cause which I don't understand, I search out. John 5, 39 says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have everlasting life. So I started starting the scriptures. And all I was looking for was an assurance that would make me confident that I was going to remain a Christian till the end of times. Because they pointed to so many Christians around me, those who gave their life to Christ the way I did then, but who two years, five years, seven years, ten years, the line, are falling by the wayside. They told me that those people were determined just the way I was, de I was determined, but that they didn't make it. And so what is the guarantee that I too was going to make it? And so I started searching, 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 and searching. And during my search, I discovered the characteristic of God upon which up till today I base my confidence as a believer from those early days of my Christian work. And that is that God does not start things but also finishes them well. That God is not just someone who starts something but he is also someone who continues whatever he starts and who ensures that whatever he starts is finished well. God has never and will never start anything intends to live unfinished. When I discovered that about the character of God through the word of God, I became more confident that I was going to remain a Christian until the end of times. That is about 40 years ago now. I saw it in scriptures that God is Someone who starts, but is also a finisher. He started with humanity in the garden. And ever since then, he has been busy finishing what he has begun. It was a good news for me to realize that he is a finisher. That God starts and finishes. And that is something that has been the basis of my confidence. That is something that has established me in the way of righteousness. And that is one very important factor in the confidence that I have. I saw scriptures then, like Psalm 48 verse 14, which says, For this God is our God and will be our guide from now even unto death. I saw scriptures like Jeremiah 29, 11. I only know the thought that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an end and an expectation. I saw scriptures like, Revelations 1 8, where God says, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. I'm He who was, who is, and who is to come. I saw God say those things about Himself. Revelations 1 17 echo the same sentiment. And you find it also in Revelations 21 6, Revelation 22, verse 13. That is the first and the last. Alpha, Omega beginning and the end and that he never starts what he cannot finish 
He never commands anything that he cannot accomplish. And that encouraged me a lot. It gave me the assurance that God was going to hold me and help me and establish me. Not just in the early days of my Christian experience when I did not know my left or my right. But was going to keep me safe with my cooperation till the very end. I saw scriptures like Job chapter 8 verse 7. Though your beginning was small, your latter end should greatly increase. I saw scriptures like Proverbs 23 verse 18, Proverbs 24 verse 14, which says, Surely there is an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. I saw scriptures about Job. In Job 42 12, which says, And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the very beginning. I saw scriptures like Philippians 1 6. I'm confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you, he shall perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. All of this scripture convinced me that I was going to remain a Christian with God's help and my cooperation. I saw scriptures like Zechariah 4 9, which says, The hand that laid his foundation, the same hand will finish it. I saw scriptures where God committed himself that he was going to do. The righteous good in their latter end. I saw scripture like Psalm 37 verse 37. It says, mark the upright man. The end of that man shall be peace. So I discovered all of this. Not only did I discover that as a young believer, but God is a finisher. But I also discovered that Jesus is also a finisher. In other words, he does not start something that he does not finish. And while he was here, his greatest passion was to finish whatever he started. It is a great quality that you find in Jesus, who was, who is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. I saw that Jesus was obsessed with the passion to finish whatever God gave him to do. Finishing was what motivated him. People always ask me, what is it that has kept you going? It is the passion to finish. I mean, I'm not doing what I'm doing because I need anything anymore. But I want to be able to finish my course with joy. And the ministry that I've received of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Acts 20, 24, to testify of the grace of God. So I saw God, a finisher. And I saw Jesus, also a very wonderful finisher. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. You see, I like that word finish. It means to accomplish. It means to complete. It means to get the end result that was initially and originally desired. John 4, 34. Jesus said, my meat is to, be, is to do his will and is to do his work and will and to finish it you see i kept seeing jesus focusing on finishing and that encouraged me that if god is a finisher and jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith whose faith we need to follow who is our perfect example was also a finisher then there must be a commitment in my heart and my life to finish whatever I started.
People ask me, you've been married for so long. What is the thing that I kept you going? The desire to finish. I have that desire. I have that desire to apprehend the cause for which I'll be apprehended of Jesus, of God, of, of, of Christ. Jesus was a finisher. Any day. John 17, 4. He said to God, he said, I have glorified you upon the earth. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. And you remember the last words of Jesus, John 19, 30. He said, it is finished. He started a ministry and he finished it. So you see, we see in scriptures that God is a finisher. We also see in scriptures that Jesus is a finisher. And the Bible says in Philippians 2, 5, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So all my Christian life, I have had a commitment to always finish. When I eat my food, I want to finish it. When I pick up a book, I want to finish it. Last year, I separated 1,329 books. And I had to finish reading them that year. And I gave all I need to give. At times, night, day, evening, morning, I was also reading. Why? I want to finish the book. I mean, this year, I have separated 1,750 books. And most of the time, why I don't have enough time to do many things that people want me to do is because I have this commitment, don't get the determination to finish it. I am a finisher. I am committed to finish anything I start. Not just because I'm a determined person, but because I see the example. In God, who we are expected to be like, Matthew 5, 48, be therefore perfect, as your heavenly father is perfect. And I also see it in Jesus. Jesus, John 13, 15. He said, I have given you an example. As I have done, even so do ye. So I have a commitment every time to finish things. At times, people look at me and they wonder, what is it that keeps you going? The passion at the heart that keeps me going is the passion to complete, to finish whatever I start. To finish it completely. So that I can say at the end of life journey, like Jesus said, it is finished. That word, it is finished, is the Greek word tetelestai. And it's such an interesting word, but I'm not going to bother you with the meaning. But it's a word that says, there is nothing else that can be done, that should be done, that I might have done, that I have not done. It is finished. So it's very important for us to have that kind of spirit. I saw it in God, I saw it in Jesus, and that has affected me in my Christian pilgrimage. I always want to finish things. I do not have unfinished assignment. I'm always working at it. I'm always battling it. I'm always working to make sure that I get it across the line. God did it. He's a finisher. I saw it in Jesus. But now look at Apostle Paul. Paul was a finisher. He was given a commission in Acts chapter 9 verse 15. He said, He's a chosen vessel to bear my name. 
before Gentiles, before kings, and before the children of Israel. And I will show him how great things he will suffer by my name's sake. And you, when you look at Apostle Paul, you will discover that he finished. He finished it. He fought a good fight. He finished his course. He kept the faith. And he said this very clearly in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. He tried to finish, no matter the opposition, no matter the pain, no matter the cost or the challenge. What scripture I like about him is in Acts 20, from verse 22 to 24. He said in verse 20, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the thing that shall befall me, except that the Holy Spirit, one in every city I come to, that bonds and affliction abound. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life down to myself, that I may finish my course with joy. And the ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the grace of God. He was always finishing, he was always targeting finishing things. Philippians chapter 3, you read from verse 12. He said, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Verse 13, he said, not as though I already attained or were already perfect. But this one thing I do, forgetting those who are behind. Reaching forth to those which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was only satisfied by his commitment to finish whatever assignment God gave him. So I saw it in God, finisher. I saw it in Jesus, finisher. And then I saw it in Paul. But not only that, Moses. I saw something about Moses as well. God called Moses. And as they journeyed from Egypt to the promised land, he gave him an instruction. Exodus 25 verse 9, Exodus 25 40, Exodus 26 30, Exodus 27 8. He gave him an instruction as to something he wanted him to build and the specifications as to what was supposed to build. By the time you read Genesis 39, I mean, Exodus 39, 32, the word of God tells us that Moses and the children of Israel finished the work. By the time you read Exodus 40, 33, he said they finished the work. And then in verse 34, he said the glory of God came down into the work that was finished. The theme of this conference is for your glory. No one who intends to glorify God will not have this ingredient of finishing whatever they start. If you have the attitude of always thinking, I will go as far as I can go. I will go as far as others have gone. I will go as far as I think is reasonable. You won't see the glory of God. The finishing brings out the glory the glory of a building comes out when it's finished the glory of a ministry is more revealed as it pursues the goal of finishing the assignment that that ministry believes that they have received moses was a finisher the cloud of god's glory came down 
So if you are for his glory, you must be determined to be a finisher. If you want to see the glory of God, you must be determined to see, to, 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 to finish, to finish, to, to make sure you complete whatever thing you do. Some people come to service, they don't finish the service. Some people get married, they don't stay married. Some people begin education, they don't finish. Some people begin to read a book, they don't finish. That is not a proper attitude for someone who wants the glory of God to be on whatever they do. Because the beauty of whatever we do is more apparent when we complete that assignment. There's nothing in great stars. There's nothing in rapid developments. The greatest thing is in finishing. That is, the, that is the portion of people who are crowned. No man is crowned except you learn how to finish. Joshua. Was Joshua a finisher? Of course. Joshua 4.10 tells us that Joshua finished his own portion of God's commission. Ezra. Ezra, according to Ezra 6.15, Ezra finished building the temple. Now, Ezra was not the first person that started building that temple. If you look at Ezra 5.16, you will discover that some people were given the assignment to build that temple, but they didn't finish it. But when Ezra came, what did he do? He finished it. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 6.15, you see it very clearly that Nehemiah also finished the walls that God told him to come, to, to do. So you see that the attitude of these people were the same finisher after the spirit and the image of God who commissions things. First John chapter 2 verse 6, he said, He that abideth in him, even so to walk as he walked. In other words, if we abide in God or in Christ, we need to walk as he walked. We need to have the same spirit. Romans 8 9 says, Whosoever does not have the spirit of Christ is none of his. Our generation must be a generation of finishers. People who finish as fast as they started. You see, I have been around ministry for so long. And I've been people, seen people with fantastic ministries. And I can tell you I appreciate them. But the way people finish is more important to me. That the way they started, even than what they did while they were here. The way they finish. The way they finished, some of them finished, they messed up their health. Some of them finished, I mean, they, when they completed whatever, they lost their marriage. Some of them lost their health. Some of them lost their anointing. Some of them did not finish well, or they didn't even finish at all. And so, I believe that the greatest challenge that we all face is that of finishing. Solomon, I mean, Solomon was chosen to build. I mean, David, his father, told him something. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, he says, Hello, my son, make sure you know God. And then when he was give, going to give him another counsel, in 1 Chronicles 28, 10, he said, make sure that you finish the house and whatever God has given you to do. Solomon finished building the temple. It took him seven years to build the temple. 
And the Bible says it again and again and again and again. You see it? Solomon finished. First Kings 6, 9. First Kings 6, 11. First Kings 6, 14. First, six, uh, first King 6, 22. First King 6, 38. You see those words? He finished. He finished. He finished. And when he finished, what happened? The glory of God came. The glory of God comes down on great finishes. You can never experience a greater glory at the beginning or in the middle, but at the very end. Mark the upright man. The end of that man shall be peace. The day of death is better than the day of birth. The way you finish is fantastically important. All the effort I'm making right now is to finish well. Is to finish whatever God put into my hand. Do you see how athletes when it's time to press the tape, how they use all and every of their energy just to make sure they finish the race. Because he that striveth for mastery is not crowned, except he strives lawfully. And one lawful way to strive is to finish. So, I've always had it in my mind that whatever I'm going to do, I will finish. Whatever. And that has been a driving force. If I am part of something with you, I will stick with you and stay with you until it's finished. Because until it is finished, it's not done yet. It's not in the spirit of Christ. It has to be completed. It has to get to the place. Many of the people that God gave me wisdom, I mean, the opportunity to join in marriage, I'm with them. 17 years, 27 years, still settling quarrels. I have never been tired, been not weary in well-doing. I mean, I'm with them, through thick and thin. No matter what it is, the young pastors, God has given me opportunity to help. I've been with them through thick and thin. I remember there was a church where the men's fellowship president took over the church from the pastor. The pastor finished preaching, stepped down. The men's fellowship president went, took the microphone and said, Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to me. On behalf of the men's fellowship, I, the president of the men's fellowship, here declare that we dismiss the pastor. And from today, we have taken over the church. Now, I, I walk through there. I walk through it, everything. I've been with people before they get married, as they get married, as they raise children, as their children marry, and they have grandchildren, and with them through it. Why? I have a determination. And I have a desire to complete. I want to congratulate you on this building. But let me say this. The work is not done until it is done. And that is the spirit I wanted to have. Now we have moved in. But is it finished? Can we say it is finished? You see, as much as there is the joy of how this is how far we have come. But there is a challenge. That we must put this building into the shape that is in the heart and the mind of God for us to say we have finished. I was I was reading some time ago about the amount of money that Solomon used to decorate the inward part of the temple. Those days it was valued at 60 billion dollars. He never spared anything, he made sure he gave it everything. He gave it everything and all things. He stretched. 
he slept six sleepless nights. Because you see, there is a tendency, like I'm going to be sharing with you in a few minutes, whereby along the line, you think you've done enough. There's nothing like doing enough until it is finished. I will say some things about finishing. I'll just mention them. Number one, in my years of being a Christian, I've discovered that many believers have the attitude of not finishing things that they start. They drop out of school. First degree, master's degree, diploma, Bible school. Are you a dropout? Should you be a dropout? Some churches embark on a big building project, but they end up with the children's church. I know a church. When I got there, I said, no, this building looks somehow. And the man said, yes. It, we have tried. He said, but this is the children's church. I said, where is the church itself? He said, we are not thinking about it. I said, you better begin to think about it. I said, God never asked. He never gave you the concept of a design and compromise on finishing. Many people don't finish. A man, a Christian man, died. He had 32 houses in Nigeria. None of them was finished. Now, that is to know how serious it is. Many of us, we have read books, we don't finish it. I was talking to someone said, oh, this this book. He said, oh, yeah, I read it. I just read two chapters. I said, oh, yeah. I said, the sweetness is in the completion. I said, the first two you read were the most difficult. I said, from chapter three, you will have enjoyed it more. But the first thing I'm going to say about finishing is that many believers have the attitude. They don't just finish things. When they eat, they don't finish it. They drink water, they don't finish it. They wash clothes, they don't finish it. They come to church service, they either come late or leave early. They don't finish. You don't have a finisher spirit. Now, where did you get that spirit from? It's not from God, because he's author and finisher. It's not from Jesus, he finishes. And it's not from those who are before us. Hebrews 13, 7 says we should follow their faith. They were finishers. They finish what they start. And it's so important for us to realize this. This is something you must break up from. The attitude of not finishing. Let me say this to you. There is one area where many Christians are very terrible. And that's the area of making vows. It's better not to vow a vow. It has been discovered that whether we take vow or pledges in church, less than 35% redeem them. It's still the same attitude of not finishing. Less than 35. Why will you open your mouth and make a commitment before God and never deem it necessary to make sure you complete the payment? If God renegade on his own promises to finish the things he has started in our lives, we will not be here. If Jesus never finished what he came to do, we will not be here. If other ministry gifts before now did not finish their assignment, you and I will not be here. But that's an attitude, and many people have that attitude. Number two, thing I want to say about finishing is that if you are going to work with God, and for him, Finishing is not an option. 
It's not an option. It's a choice you must make if you're going to walk with God and you're going to experience his glory. Finish him. Jesus was exalted after he finished. He abased himself. God, God has highly exalted him when he finished and give him a name that is above every name. And he said, sit down on my right hand until I make the enemies their footstool. If you're going to work with God, finishing is not an option. Finishing is a choice. I made the choice years ago that I was going to finish. At times, I go for conferences and after one or two days, I'm so tired, I can hardly stand up. But I always tell myself, you're going to have to finish this. I mean, you started this conference, you're going to have to complete it. Let it not ever be said that you bowed out or you left in the middle of it all. So it's important for us to do that. Not finishing this facility is not an option. Putting it in a perfect shape is a choice we have made on your behalf. And so there's nothing like I'm going to bow out. You can't. Necessity is laid on you. A dispensation of what needs to be done here is already written against your name. And so finishing is not an option. It's a choice you are required to make. Please let it be known. I don't like things that are not finished. They don't look good. Things that are not finished do not glorify God. God wants to be glorified. God wants people to look at our lives and give him glory. And that is why he's always trying to finish things up. Hairstyle, no matter how good a hairstyle is, if you don't finish it, perfect it, the beauty of it will not fully come out. Beauty comes out with finishing. I tell people this, I say finishing, building a house is more expensive. You'll be surprised that the money you are going to spend to finish this place could actually, at the end of the day, work out to be more expensive than the price for which you bought it for. Because that's what finishing requires. And that is what you and I need to be committed to. So there should be a coming from the bottom of my heart. Look, no matter what challenges, difficulties I go through, no matter what issues we have to struggle with, we must put this house in the shape that it was in the mind of God when he gave it to us. He had an idea of what he wanted when he gave it to us. And so it's our responsibility to make sure we put it in that particular shape. Number three, please note that at any point in time, in whatever we are doing, there is always a danger of not finishing. The danger was always there of bailing out. I've been married 35 years. Have there been danger of not finishing? Oh, yes. Three years into the wedding, there was a danger of not finishing. There have been dangers of not finishing. But why am I still there? I'm a finisher. I'm a finisher. I don't want it to be a source of mockery to the name of God or my name that I started what I cannot complete. If you are not going to get married, don't get married. Nobody's for you. But it's important for you to know when you make that choice, there must also be another choice, which is to finish it. To get to the very end of it. To accomplish it. So there will be danger of not finishing. 
There'll be danger of relaxing. There'll be danger of parking. There'll be danger of moving outside and say, well, look, I've tried. There'll be dangers of parking. There'll be parking roads along the way to doing the assignment that God will want you to carry out. Do you think Paul was never tempted to park? Of course he was tempted when he was beaten to such a point that his visage did not resemble the children of men. The Bible said they left him as dead. You think when he woke up he said, wow, praise God. I mean, there is danger of not finishing. There is a temptation of not finishing because of the pressure. But one of the things you need to learn is how to handle pressures of life. So there will be danger of not finishing. Number four thing I would like to say is this. The cost of not finishing is more than the cost of finishing. The cost of not finishing. What you lose for not finishing is more than the cost of finishing. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story about myself. I have a house in Abuja that I built. I started building some years ago. I've not finished it. But do you know something? I've discovered that because I did not finish it, I have been accruing cost. And now the price of things have changed. And everything is more expensive than when I started building it. And so my, the cost of not finishing it is not costing me more. The money I thought was much before to spend on it, I'm spending times three. So the cost of not finishing, what you lose when you don't finish is so much more. You cannot take full rent on a house that is not finished. You cannot have the best reward on an assignment you have not completed. That is why the focus of God, Jesus, Paul, Moses, uh, Joshua, uh, the various Esther, Nehemiah, their focus was finish. To finish it up. The cost of finishing is less than the cost of not finishing. Number five, I wanted to know that it is finishing that makes starting worthwhile. It is finishing that makes starting worthwhile. If we know we will not finish, then it's not necessary to have started. It's not necessary to have started. If we know we will not finish putting this place in order, then we shouldn't have started. Because it is finishing that makes starting worthwhile. That is where I want you to look at it. If starting it will be a reasonable thing to have done, then it's going to be proven by our putting everything in shape. Light, sound, all the other equipment and all the other things. But wisdom in house is built by understanding is established. Proverbs 24, 3. You see, there are three things there. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding is established. Through knowledge, the chambers of that house are filled with precious and pleasant things. So there are three things we need. What to build the house with, what to make sure the house is established with, and then what to furnish the house with. But the most important thing is at the end of the day, to finish. 
it is finishing that makes that makes starting worthwhile let me give us number six in the bible not only did we have people who finished but there are also people who did not finish do you want to be like them let's look at the people who did not finish in the bible samson did not finish gideon noah the reason for abraham was noah noah was a colossal failure he spent 120 years building the ark and it was a success story but by the time you read verse uh, chapter 9 of genesis noah had started drinking he got so drunk that he messed up things elijah did not finish even moses aaron did not finish eliazar did not finish that and Koram, Abiram did not finish. Aaron did not finish. Many of the children that came out of Egypt did not finish. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 to learn from them. We need to learn from those who succeed and learn from those who did not succeed. God gave other people assignments and some of them did not carry out the assignment. They didn't finish it. For those who carry the assignment, we have things to learn. For those who did not carry out the assignment, we have things to learn. Even Solomon, who built for God, didn't finish well. Let us fear, therefore. Let's promise left for us of entering into his rest. Any of us should seem to come short. Hebrews 4 1. The Bible is full of people who did not finish. I study about people who finished just like i study about people who did not finish i learn from the people who finished and i also learn from those who did not finish david learned a lot from from saul and that helped him to get to the point where he got to so you and i have an opportunity to learn but we must dedicate ourselves to finishing we must be committed absolutely to finish it whatever it is give it all your best go over or go under live or die sink or swim someone asked me recently he said sir when are you going to retire i said i will retire in the spirit of revelations 14 10 and 14 13 blessed are they that die in the lord for they will rest from all their labors i said i'm committed to finishing and I'm going to give you reasons why you need to finish this building and any other assignment that God has given you. Some of you need to go back to school and finish that course. Some of you need to finish the registration of that company that God told you to finish. A company to set up. Men all over our lives are unfinished things. That's not in the spirit of Christ. Who we did for no, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Luke 6 uh, 40. And the Sabbath cannot be greater than his master. He that shall be perfect shall be like his master. There must be a dedication to complete things, dogged determination. 
you must have that as part of the character, your, your build that I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I will not be a dropout. I'm going to finish. When you go for vigil, finish the vigil. When you go for ceremonies, make enough room to finish. A finisher spirit is part of a disciplined life. It's part of those things that we need to possess as children of God. Reflection of his person. In the Bible, there were people who did not finish. Galatians Christians. Apostle Paul said to them in Galatians 1, 6, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that collect you to another gospel. You are, you are like a reed shaken by the wind. Galatians 33. Oh foolish Galatians, haven't begun in the spirit. Have you not perfected the flesh? Galatians 5, 6. You did wrong when he said, who did hinder you? We need to have a commitment to finish. There must be a commitment in our lives to finish. Lot's wife did not finish. Even Lot did not finish well. So he that thinketh is standard, take it lest he fall. If there is no determination to finish, it is very easy for the devil to sidetrack us, to undercut us, and to overwhelm us. In the Bible, there were very many people who did not finish. Demas. These are people who minister without possible. At a point in time, Apostle Paul said, Demas have forsaken me. Second Timothy chapter 4, which was the last book he wrote. He said, I haven't loved this present world. He's gone. He's gone from me. In Colossians 4 14, he told him, he said, Demas is with me. Also, look the beloved physician. But the second Timothy he said, He has forsaken, he's gone. Haven't loved this present world. You and I need to finish what we start. Coming here today, I thank God. I was here last year when we came for that conference. I'm coming here today. I just said to you, said, said that I should encourage you. You have entered into a finishing process of this building and you must ensure you give it your best. This is where the best is. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding is established. Through wisdom, the chambers of that house are filled. Let me say this to you. This is not the image that God had in his heart when he gave us this building. This is not the image. We thank God for how far we have come. But you need to stir up yourself and say, we are going to finish this place. We are going to make it in such a way that the glory of God can come. It's for his glory. It's for his glory. If so, do you know the word glory? The word glory simply means the heaviness of God. The heaviness. We are building it so that when people come here, they will see a heavy God. A big God. And that is how we should put this place in shape. We should give it our best shot. We should make it more decent than the house we live. This is the house of God. Do you know how you perfect your house? Do you know how much you spend on a new toilet? Recently,
day I called someone, I said, my toilet in my house in England is in a poor ship. The man said, you're going to buy a new one. He said, and sir, you must make sure you buy a good one. I said, what type? He said, the type that is befitting for a church. I said, why church? He said, the church of God is where the best thing should be. So he went and bought this toilet. When they brought it, I said, is there no financing? He said, there's no financing. You're going to have to pay at once. And I said, well, if I can buy this for the house, if it comes to the church, I can't buy anything less than that. The best of the best is what is good for God's house. And so we have entered into the finishing stages. And the finishing stages, for anybody who builds houses, they are very expensive. What you need to buy and put up in this place should be a spectacle. The house of God should reflect the greatness of God. The massiveness of God. God is great. Actually, when they were building a house for God in First Chronicles, I saw a new word I was used. I've never seen that word before. First Chronicles 22, 5. He said, Magnifica. You know, when a house is big, Roman Catholic people, you know what they call it? They don't call it a church building, they call it shrine. That's what they call it in Roman Catholic Church. When you enter, everything is plated in gold. You two will know that you are entering a place. Even the, the very awe of its appearance will make you shrink. This is one attitude that you and I need to have. We must finish. Number seven, I'm going to give you about six or seven things why we must finish whatever we start and finish well. Number one, why do we finish? Because that is God's expectation from us. He expects us to finish. It is his will that we finish. The Bible says in Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, man, what is good and what the Lord requires. What God requires, God's expectation of us, victory house, is that we finish. Let us not disappoint God. It's expectation. You don't want your expectation to be cut off. You should not cut off God's expectation. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sweat. You want your expectation to be carried out. Hey, expectation of the righteous shall be granted. Yes. But also remember that this God's expectation that this house be finished. That this place should be lit up. That the speakers be hung. That the sound be crisp. That is God's expectation. And so finishing is expected of us. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. God is the righteous one. Actually, when I was in a culture group, they don't call Jesus, Jesus. They call him the righteous one. And the kingdom of God is not in righteousness, it's not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So why we must finish? God expects it. You see, let me say this to you. God told me this afternoon. I was just, he said, from the beginning, I have seen how the house should look like at the end. 
you know because that's the way god does it jesus was slain revelation 13 verse 8 from the foundation of the world before he was slain from the foundation that which is now is that which has been he has a picture of how this place should look and that is what he's expecting you to do the kind of furniture, the kind of sound the kind of provision that this should be here he has it at the back of his mind so then let us cut off his expectation number two why we must finish he has made provision for the vision let me say this to you god has already made provision if you can if you can understand that then you know there is no reason not to do it he has made provision first corinthians 3 21 all things are yours psalm 84 verse 11 the lord is the son and she will give grace and glory no good thing will he be told there was never anybody that god sent on a mission that he never made provision for them in the wilderness where moses was building according to god's specification the people despite 430 years of being in slavery they gave according to exodus 36 verse 5 until they were begging them not to give again he's made provision let me tell you this what i just said now when we're building our facility we got to a point no money from anywhere no no money from anywhere so what i did was that i gathered five or four people every day we'll just go to the venue and we'll pray in the spirit and i kept telling god it is your house you're going to fund it it's not my house in front of it is your name not my name it is for your glory not my glory let people not see me but see you we built it so that people will bring glory to you when jesus christ came he came to to live a life that brought glory to god one day a man came i've never met him before i don't even know him god said i've made provision he said i can never give you a vision for which i've not provided even when solomon was going to build david already made provision by divine provision he made provision for the building to be put up solomon did not need to struggle provision has been made other provisions were made in the days of solomon but issue of provision is not god it is god needs people to work with psalm 17 verse 14 men are the hand of god so we we're praying and this man came. They said that the, 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 the protocol guys came and said, There's a man who wants to talk to you, sir. I said, Where is he? So they brought him. I said, How are you? He said, Fine. He said, I just want to give you this letter. In fact, I just thought it was a letter of invitation or just some kind of prayer request. I got it from him. I put it in my pocket. And then we kept praying. And then one of the men said, Sir, instead of, why don't you check the letter the man brought? I said, Do I have to check it? I mean, because the way the man came, it was like a root out of a dry ground. He had no comeliness. When I opened it, the man wrote a sheet of paper. He said, in the last 21 days, 
God has been ministering to me, calling your name. He said, I only saw you on TV once. The man brought a check of 100 million naira. When God said, when the scripture said that will be done on earth, God is not asking you to use your resources. He said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. But God will have to pass it through people. That is where you come in. You can either act as a conduit for the current to get it to us or as a dam. But God wants us to finish strong because he has made provision for it. There is nothing that will be brought here that God has not paid for. But can two work together except they be agreed? Jesus said it in John 5, 17. He said, my father walked hitherto and I walk. So two of us need to we need to walk hand in hand. No single person has been asked to do this. No single person can do it. It's a collective responsibility. We are co-laborers. We are workers together. But we must finish this. What makes it worthwhile to start is that we must finish it. The second reason why we must finish strong is because he has made provision. He has made provision. You may not see it, you may not even know, but he has made provision. Some of us will just get a sudden financial boost. That money is not meant for you to buy a household or to change your car. Seek it first, the kingdom. There will be sudden financial prosperity. Something, something that you did before that did not work will just work like that. Say, wow! Remember now your creator when that happens. It's part of the provision. God was only seeing you as a helper to pass the money across to us. Is a current. Pass the currency across to us. Number three. Why we must finish is become finishing is the basis for reward and promotion. Did you notice that when Solomon built the house of God for seven years in 1 Kings 6, he built his own house for 13 years in 1 Kings 7. Reward. Reward is for finishers. Reward is for... Let me say this to you. God will never ask you to do something without a reward. Listen to this. Isaiah 40, 10. Isaiah 62, 11. He said... My reward is with me, and my work is before me. Proverbs eleven eighteen: To him that sweeth righteousness shall be a sure reward. There is nobody here who will cooperate, who will sow a seed into finishing this work that will not be rewarded. To him that sweeth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Proverbs 14, 23. Recently in our church, I just asked, you see, I just asked, I just announced, I said, how many of you were here when we built this house? They stood up. There was none among those people that stood up that was not a millionaire. Because you were there when the house was built. As we were building and we were involved in building, they prospered. Whenever God gives people 
an opportunity to carry out an assignment and they do it and finish it there is prosperity at the other end of the line as Israel built they prospered the days of Nehemiah as they built they prospered in the days of another king Azar, as they built they prospered Proverbs 14 23 no labor there is profit we must finish because finishing is the basis of reward there is a reward proverbs i mean psalm 58 11 it said the lord rewarded the righteous god will never ask us to carry out instruction and it's going to be for them for for for, for free god had blessed me financially before we started building our facilities and all the building but when i took part in the church building i prospered i moved from being rich to being wealthy i remember one day i had some money in the account my own account and i knelt down i was praying i said god send money he said for what i said for the building he said why are you bothering me i said why he said there's money in your account now I said, but, uh, but it's for me. He said, ah, who gave it to you? As he said, what is wrong in you giving it to them? I said, I'm sorry, sir. I was trying to ask God to give and God had already given. But I was the one fighting God to give. Because I thought I had done enough. Enough is not enough until the joy was finished. I know many of you have contributed. Yes. I remember when we were finishing our church. There were people who sold land. People sold cars. Some families that had two cars, they sold one and brought the price to the apostles' feet. One man had a freezer. He said, after all, there's no light. What will I use freezer for? He sold the freezer and brought the price to the apostles' feet. And that was what made it possible for us to finish. Do you think God will be unrighteous to forget such? With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Hebrews 13, 16. To do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. This is one attitude you need to have. We must finish this thing. The keyboard we are using in that small Konkolo room, we need more. We need drum sets. We need guitars. We, so many things we need. And you know who is going to use? You. Fear not little flock. What are you afraid of? The provision is God's. He's just going to use you as a conduit pride because he wants to bless you. It's your father's good wish to give you the kingdom. You must finish because finishing is the basis for reward. Number four is the one we must finish is that finishing this is the basis for a nice assignment the basis of our next you see let me say this the reward for good work is more work <laughs> i will say something that will scare you a day will come when we move from here but we must leave this place in a decent 
magnificent shape. This is not all God wants to do through his vessel or through each and every one of us. There are some of you, after we finish this place, you will leave this town. Because there's another assignment for you. And the basis of your reward in that next assignment is what you do here. By the time this building finishes, mark my words, before this time next year, some of you will have moved away from this place. If you didn't, it's not part of your plan today. But it's part of God's plan. And the way you put it in this soil will go a long way to bring your promotion. Promotion does not come from the east or the west or from the south. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. But God is the judge. God spoke to me this afternoon. He said, There are some of you, immediately the place is complete after you've put in everything. Boom, that's when you leave. Say, ah! Why are you asking me to leave? Promotion has come. God has seen your faithfulness and is promoting you to your next level of assignment. It's not that you are going to fight us. No. It's not that we are quarreling with you. No. When you finish, you, the only reason why you are still here, we have not finished. When we finish this, I'm telling you, I said it in our church years ago. I said, the moment we finish this thing to taste, Say some of you will leave. One man came to me after this time and said, I'm not leaving. I said, you will, have, you will have to leave if we finish. And you know what? Not even up to the time we're going to do the dedication. He came to me and said, he got a job in Switzerland. I said, so what are you doing? You're not leaving, Abby? He said, I'm leaving. When I looked at how much the man gave, I knew he was going to, I told him, I said, as you are going, God is going to promote you in such a way that you, you will never believe that it's still the same you. I said, you wake up in the morning and pinch yourself. I say, is this the same me? We need to finish it because that finishing is important to your next elevation. Your elevation is tied to finishing this one. And that is why we need to finish strong. Number five. Is it number five? We need to finish in order to experience the joy of completion. You know the joy of completion? The joy of completion is a joy that those who don't finish don't know. When I was in university, when I entered university in 1975, you know, uh, put on an academic gown. You know, matriculant. It's a great matriculant. Yay! One man came to us and said, Congratulations. He said, but the joy of graduation is more than the joy of matriculation. He said, so go and read your books. And don't say that you are matriculated. You won't study. And do you know that thing really inspired me a lot? Because in those days in the University of Maryland, when you matriculate, matriculate, you just wear the academic girl. When you graduate, you wear hood. No, you still wear cap in those days. You, but what do you know we are hood and that is why the celebration on graduation ground is higher than the celebration of matriculation ground because it's not everybody who matriculates that graduates when you finish you experience the joy of completion and accomplishment 
The Bible said there is joy that is set before us. Do you know what? The joy of today cannot be compared to the joy that is set before us. The Bible said Jesus Christ endured hardness. Hebrews 12.3 Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who will endure the pain that goes with it. Because there is a joy set before us. Apostle Paul said in Acts 20, I've already quoted it, verse 24. He said, I might finish my course with joy and the ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the grace of God. He said, I do not count my life dear unto myself. I'm not bothered anymore. That I may finish my course with joy. Why? We want to express the joy of completion. There is a joy of completion. There is a joy those who finish have that those who don't finish do not have. I remember when we were graduating, some of our classmates did not graduate. They had spill and they had splash. You know, in those days, there was spill and splash. Spill is one year, splash is two years. I remember the look on their faces, those who did not graduate. And I, I, I mean, for those of us who graduated, I mean, we are ecstatic it was enthralling that is the joy you have when you finish there is a joy of accomplishing i was part of those who finished that place i was a member of this church when this building was purchased and i was a member of this church when the building was accomplished if you go there you see a pipe organ i was one who gave it to them not pride because those who do things that count never stop to count them but if you do things that are of value, you ought to be honored. We should give honor to whom honor is due. Recently, we bought, we bought a van for the police in our church area. Someone said, we should put our name on it. I said, don't worry. I said, the police know that we bought it. I said, even if they write somebody else's name on it, they know we were the one that bought it. There's a joy of completion. That I may finish my course with joy and the ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I came in this night, I had joy. But my joy was not full yet. But God, according to Joshua, John 15, 11, John 17, 16, 24, He wants our joy to be made full. And our joy will be full when we see completion. Number six. Is it number six? Is it number six? We must finish. Why? Because it will affect other people. It will affect other people. Do you know in building a house like this, if the bricklayer does not finish his work, the carpenters cannot come in. The electrician cannot come in. Some people be, be, depend on your finishing this place for it to look attractive to bring them to jesus other people and let me say this and let me say this to you guys whether you know it or not the impact of your contribution to this place is not just going to affect you but to your third and fourth generation god rewards people in blessing them for what they do to the third and the fourth generation just like curses also are to the third and the fourth generation your faithfulness now will bring all blessings 
to your seed and your seed seed I mean one of our during Easter two pastors in our church their children are going to get married in that church I mean the church we built and I told him, I said, congratulations. Because your children are not going to get married inside this place. It was a place that you contributed to when you were single. You were not even married then. But your children are now going to partake of what this place stands for. When we finish, God does not forget. He does not forget us. It affects other people. There are some people who probably will come here only when we have a better, you know, atmosphere. Because some people come to church looking for various kind of things. One man came into our church one day and just went and sat near an air condition. I saw him, first of all, he crossed to the toilet. And then after finishing from the toilet, he came and sat near the other and he slept throughout the service. So I sent for him after the service. I said, come here. I said, I saw you when you came in. You go, went to the toilet. I said, yes. He said, because I'm not difficult. He said, every Sunday, the first thing I do when I come to church, I go to the, 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 the toilet and use the toilet. He said, and secondly, I've not slept in the last 72 hours. There was no light, so mosquitoes ravaged me. So when I came today, I came to sleep. Can you imagine? <laughs> now, the reason why he can experience that is that some people finished it. So my finishing have repercussion for others. And the way you contribute can inspire others to contribute. It can empower others. What you say and what you give can challenge others to say and to give as much. So we must finish because it will affect others. It will affect others. Other people depend on our doing what we can do now for us to do the right thing. And then two more points here I want to give. Why do we need to finish so that people will not mock us. Do you know that there are some people who think that we are going too fast? They think we are going too fast. Say, ah! Look, the world is not configured for everybody to celebrate you. There are some people who hate you without a reason. And the only reason why they, they hate you is because you are moving too fast. And when did victory house start? Now they have a building, they have a... So if you cannot finish, they begin to mock. You know what that scripture says? They begin to mock that. I said, but if you, if you do not have enough to finish, why did you start? I have known churches. Let me say this to you. This is based on what I know. Redeemed Christian Church of God. Who will buy a building? After they buy a building, they are not able to renovate it. And I can hear other pastors in the same ministry saying, who sent them? Who sent them to buy that kind of building? But you see, that is not our portion. Because we are going to finish. They say people will mock. Because some people do mock. If you can't finish, they say, Who told them to buy more that they can chew? We, who have been here before? Did we buy? Have we not been asked? Please, I hope nothing. Hope nothing. Without... Jesus said in John 15, 25, they hated me without a cause. 
John 16, he said, the time is coming when them who kill you will think they are doing God a service. And the Bible said there are very many. Psalm 69, verse 4. He said, your haters are more than the hair on your head. So if you can count it, then you have an idea of the of the people that hate you. What we need to finish is that nobody will mock us. We need to complete it so that when they come here, some of them will come to look and they will go back dazed. They say, ah, he, he, that boy, <laughs> that boy. <laughs> I've heard people say that before. Say, we, we have been here, we were in this city before you came here. Where did you come now? We have been in the ministry where you are not even called. Did we buy that kind of building? You now went. Some of them, the ministry, the demon had to build them out. I know a pastor who bought a facility like this. The demon had to give him $400,000 in the US here. And yet he could not pay. They have repossessed the house. One terrible thing happened. They said there is a special drainage or something in that area the man went and built on the drainage so they said to break up the thing and open it and repair it is one million ah! where the man could not even pay where some people had they were rejoicing they could not catch up how can god catch somebody who is, who is doing god's work people's mind are warped but you know what we have a duty they will not book us can I have it? I said they will not mock us. I said they will not mock us. The hand that laid this foundation, the same house will finish it. The same hands will finish it. Another reason why we need to finish strong is because we have the example of Jesus Christ. He finished strong and we are workers together with him. We have the example of those before us. They finished what they started. No unfinished assignment will be written against your name. Nobody here will have unfinished assignment written against their name. We'll finish it. We'll finish it well. We will make it into a befitting place. We will have befitting equipment. I call uh, Dr. Kena Apostle of Light. He will get us good light. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? Television lights, light to flood the place, various kind of broken light, brr, 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 all those light effects. This is not the rock that we hear finally. I said something. I said this is not the rock that we hear finally. Oh, you think this is one? It looks good, but it's just for kindergarten. We need a class of rock known as Baba Robs. Baba. You see it in White House. If you go there, go to White House. Because this is the White House of God. Here. As far as we are concerned, we are, we are going to put it in such a way that anybody who comes and says, God is good. You know, there are some churches you get and say, God is good. One man came into our church recently when he saw the flat screen that uh, Dr. K got from China. 
very long. The man looked at it. He said, God is good. <laughs> I said, and his mercy is endured forever. He saw the cheers. He saw the. He looked at it. He thought that we are serious. We have not even started. The attitude is that we'll finish what we started. Your role in it is important. Your part in it is vital. Every one of us supplying whatever we can. God is not asking you to be the only one to do it. He's asking you to do it in concert with others. And together by his grace, we'll fulfill it in Jesus' name. We'll put this place into a shape that we all will be proud of. How many of you are proud of the place where you live? Some of you need to change houses, I agree. Because one, one person did like this. It's not sure. <laughs> now, if you need to change the place where you are, you can imagine God also needs to change. So the finishing is an ever-present, continuous effort. We are putting it in a shape that at the end of the day, we can say we have fought a good fight. We have finished our cause. Can we stand on our feet? Father, we want to thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. And thank you for the way you've spoken to us. I want everybody to put your hand on their chest and talk to God yourself. Just talk to the Lord now. Go ahead and speak to God. Let him hear your voice. Let him hear your voice. Let him hear your voice. Ask him to use you as a battle axe and a weapon of war. Ask him to strengthen your hands. Ask him to walk in you according to that which is good in his sight. Go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to talk to God with an intention that you want to make a commitment no matter what it is. Be part of those who do not just watch what is happening, but be part of those who join to make sure they put their bit into what is happening. 